Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a great bike tour revenge story. We'll get into that in a bit, but first... Cut me off, then stick your middle finger to me in traffic? Enjoy the spam of calls? This happened to me last week. I was driving when suddenly a man in a van cut me off in traffic and stuck his middle finger at me. I was about to honk my horn and stick my middle finger back when I noticed his trade slash business phone number printed on his van. I quickly snapped a photo of the number. That night I posted an ad on Gumtree giving away free goats and put his phone number as the contact. Unfortunately, I don't get to see his reaction but knowing that his phone will be blowing off with calls and texts requesting free goats makes my heart sing. Enjoy the spam, jerk. Would you consider this kind of a go-to revenge against somebody who is a total jerk and has their business number posted boldly on the vehicle that they're being a jerk in? Like OP said, it's just disappointing that you can't see any of the revenge actually unfold. You kind of just have to go to imagination and hope that a bunch of people really want free goats. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, X wouldn't pay me back, so I made her pay via the bell bill. This was a few years ago now, but I find it fun to think about. Not sure if it belongs here. Started dating at 15, moved in together at 18, and within 6 months of living together, she cheated on me. She owed me something like $800 for 1 month's rent and for a vet bill I paid for. We still lived together for 6 months after we broke up cause despite me being able to move back home, she expected me to move out and also continue paying my portion of rent. It sucked, but it sucked less than paying for her to have her own place. The TV and internet bill was in her name, we had cable. The fact that she owed me money was documented via email. I very strategically sent many emails asking her to confirm that she was aware she owed me money and how much. I also asked if we could just deduct my portion of the cable bill from the debt she owed me. On the second to last month of our lease, she was hounding me for my portion of the internet and cable bill, about $30, wouldn't take no for an answer and threatened not to pay and have it turned off. Had another roommate in school who needed it, so I paid my part. By this time, she was staying with the man she cheated on me with, so she wasn't really around ever. For some reason, when she moved all of her stuff out, she left the cable box and Wi-Fi router. I guess assuming cause I was still paying for or using it. I bought my own TV to use after her and her new boyfriend came in one day and took hers without saying anything, while I was actively watching it with a Tinder hookup. That was an awkward night. Edit, to be more clear, I mean it was her TV they came in and took, like I brought in my own TV after they came to collect her TV. It was just awkward that I was actively watching her TV when they came to get it. I knew I was never getting my money back. So I had an idea. Buy every channel that exists, all extras I could buy just with the four digit pin. Before this, I emailed her one last time saying something like, just to confirm, my portion of this month's bill will be subtracted from X dollars amount you owe me, right? And she agreed. 
These purchases began a week or two before I moved back in with my parents. I bought every channel individually, bought and rented movies, even started paying for pay-per-view adult entertainment because I thought it was hilarious. Kept track of everything I purchased and racked the bill up to almost exactly how much money she owed me, leaving a bit of space in case I miscalculated, about $750. When she got the bill, I was back with my parents. She came to my parents' house, bill in hand. My father answered the door, meekly stated something like, OP spent so much on this bill I can't afford it, to which my father responded, use the money you owe to pay for it, and closed the door on her. I was listening and out of sight, whether or not she ended up having to pay, I'll never know, but it felt good to do at the time. I mean, to be fair, I don't know how they would manage to get out of paying for this. It's literally on their bill, what are they gonna do, lie that some ex maliciously bought all this stuff using a device that she owns or is loaning out from this cable company? I doubt a cable company is gonna have very much sympathy is all I'm saying. Our next story is, don't ruin live music. My partner and I were at a huge concert venue to watch a gig. We were two seats from the aisle, but those two seats were occupied by Karen and Mega Karen. We asked to get past to use the bathroom, and because my partner had been to the bar, then used the bathroom, they wouldn't let us go past them. In the space between bands, people around us were asking if they'd refuse to let us past, and were stunned that they were refusing. So here comes the revenge, and it's honestly the pettiest thing I've ever done. Every time one of them went to video the main band, I started singing right next to them at the absolute top of my lungs, but singing really badly. I was bad enough that the people around us started joining in every time they saw their phones go up. We managed to ruin every single video they tried to take with our horrendous singing. I honestly don't even care that I did it, and they were so petty themselves, they didn't stand up and dance or sing a note all night long, just stayed in their seats so we couldn't pass. I think it goes without saying, but if you're in the aisle and you don't let somebody go past you to use the restroom, You are definitely not just a mega Karen, but just a mega jerk. I mean, I don't think anybody necessarily enjoys it when somebody has to squeeze past them or you gotta stand up to let them through. But how are you going to try to justify just saying, figure out trying to get out another way, like you somehow own the venue or something? This next story is, park in the spot I waited for? I'm gonna make your life difficult. I think this might belong here and maybe r slash entitled people too, but here goes. This happened about five years ago in Hobart, Tasmania. I was staying in a bougie hotel in a converted warehouse on the dockside. Outside the hotel was maybe 10 bays of public parking, one hour max stay, all in a line with a little turning space at the other end. In the middle of these is two bays designed for hotel guests to leave their cars for valet parking. I pulled up into the parking lot and a hotel staff member is pulling out of a valet bay. I go past him to turn around and line up waiting by the bay. As I'm about to pull into it, Miss Karen in her entry-level sports car flies into the lot and takes the space. No other spaces are available. I wind down my window and ask if she's being valeted, because I could just block her and they could move both cars in if that's the case. She tells me to mind my freaking business and walks off in the other direction with her keys, obviously not being valet parked. So I follow the rules. These bays are hotel property and valet parking only, so I block her in. If she was legit, it wouldn't matter. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I went to the concierge and explained the situation and how rude she was. The staff member laughed and said, She does this all the time. She's off to get coffee next door. When I got back to reception half an hour later, she's in the lobby absolutely raging. My car is blocked in. Why have you not moved that witch's car yet? The concierge just sat there, smug as anything. Oh, madam, I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. And we're fully booked, so our valet is super busy right now. You'll be back soon. I think they kept her waiting 45 minutes in total. It was delicious to watch. Is anybody else surprised that the concierge actually did this? I just feel like most people in that situation end up feeling like they don't have time to wait around, they don't have the patience for this. I feel like most would put their foot down and say, we've got to clear my parking lot. This is nice and all, but can we get this moving here? This next story is the neighbor's car. My neighbors can act rather antisocial, especially when they're having a family get together. The backstory is, they regularly party until 2am Sunday through Monday, their guests park their cars awkwardly on the road, so it's difficult to maneuver around them, and they let their dogs crap on the community gardens without picking it up. Annoying, but not a hill to die on. I also suspect that the dad is an alcoholic, as I see him staggering up his drive most evenings. Recently, he bought a BMW convertible. I have a ring camera that picks up a part of their drive, both film and sound. I can tell it's his pride and joy by the way he throws out the stats on it when showing off to visitors. Last night I went outside to take my bin to the end of the drive, ready for next day collection, and saw a key fob on the floor at the end of our drive next to the neighbor's bin. I glanced up his drive and saw the car top was down, so I just nudged the fob under his bin with my foot and went back inside my home. I went on my ring to see that the man had driven up his drive, struggled to get out of his car, dragged the bin to the bottom of his drive, then swaggered back obviously drunk. He must have dropped his keys in the process. I chuckled and went to bed. Last night it rained hard. I left the house before the neighbors outside. I can't wait to check my ring camera footage later. Does anybody else hear this and just feel kind of sad? I mean, it feels like this guy's kind of lost control of things, let alone the fact that he's also being a bad neighbor. I mean, seeing this guy stumble around clearly just so out of it that they're going to make the mistake of leaving their car open while it rains. Our next story is, take my table, enjoy your stay. One afternoon, I was working the first shift of a double and was in the back putting some things away from a delivery when I heard our other server looking for me. I popped my head out of the storage area and she told me I had a large table come in. We also had another server who was on work release from the local jail and was known to tell them she was working a double and then go hang out at a motel behind the place with her boyfriend, husband or whatever and then come back an hour or so before she was supposed to be picked up by the cops to go back to jail. 
I went out and found our jailbird getting the table settled, which was pretty a normal occurrence if someone was stalking, as our job required. When we met at the drink machine, I thanked her for seating them and told her I had it from there. She told me no, she sat them, she was helping them, even though they were in my section. She was the senior server, no such thing, and it was her choice. We were also changing sections for the next hour. I told her no, we were not, and I would take care of the table in my section. She went and cried to our cook for the night who decided to not get involved, typical, and told me to just let it go. If you weren't waving a six-pack of beer in front of the cook, you didn't exist. So I wasn't surprised when she declined to settle the argument. I backed off the table but refused to switch sections. The table left a $50 tip, practically unheard of in our little corner of the world. I was ticked. I was a student at the time and that $50 could have paid for a pair of books I needed for a class. As it was, I was leaving with $23 and change that night. Yay. This also happened to be one of the nights when she decided to tell the cops that she was working a double. Not long after the table left and shift one ended, so did she. Her partner picked her up, she told the cook to call her if anyone came looking for her, and left a room number. This was slightly before our current cell phone era. Sure enough, an officer comes in. Seems no one told him she was working a double. He was there to pick her up. Since we were busy, we didn't actually see him come in and didn't notice him until he asked where she was. It didn't take him long to figure out she was not in the building. Word was put out that she was considered escaped and to be looking for her, as well as her partner and anyone known to associate with her. Immediately, a plan formed in my head. Before she left, she'd made us each promise not to tell anyone, especially the police, where she was. I agreed just to shut her up, thinking it was going to be like every other time she'd done this. Stupidly risky, but utterly harmless, and besides, not my clown, not my circus. As soon as I got home a few hours later, I told my mother I had a moral dilemma and told her what was going on with my coworker. My mother did exactly what I knew she'd do. She grabbed the phone, called the sheriff's department, and reported that there was a woman staying in the hotel behind the restaurant who she knew they were looking for and then proceeded to give them the room number. At work the next day, I got to hear all about how half a dozen department cars rolled up in front of their room at midnight, busted the door open, and arrested both of them in their underwear. Her work permit was revoked and she spent the rest of her sentence trying to figure out who ratted her out. When she was finally released a year or so later, I was completely honest and was able to tell her, to her face, that no, it was not me who turned her in that night. I never called the cops, and I never told them what room she was in. Hope that $50 was worth it, bench. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, but somebody like this kind of has a target on their back. In that situation where they're like, who ratted me out, it literally could be a game of Clue where it could be anybody. Our next story is, sure, I'll accept neighbor's parcel. Neighbor and I don't exactly get on, nothing major, but he's petty and complains about the smallest thing anyone in the block does he doesn't agree with. For example, the rules say that rubbish bins must be put away after rubbish collection by noon, which, if you live alone and work, is impossible. He complains all the time to the agency when it doesn't happen. I probably get two or three complaints to the agency from him a month. They're pretty chill about the complaints and it doesn't cause me too many issues, but it's annoying. A couple of months ago, I got back from work and had a sorry we missed you note from a delivery I was expecting, and on the note it said, neighbor refused to accept. 
and I had to go to the post office to collect it in person. Again, not too much issue, but annoying as I'd taken in several parcels for him in the past. Last month, a delivery guy knocked on my door, asking if I'd accepted a parcel for him, to which I answered, of course I will. Took the parcel, watched the delivery guy put the, your parcel is with X next door, through his letterbox and leave. I then left, locked my door, and went away on a two-week holiday. Petty revenge is sweet. So, in a situation like this, would OP be able to be held liable for stealing because they took this package and then disappeared for two weeks? Or would legally most of the blowback go to the people who chose to leave that with them? I'm almost willing to bet if this was like Amazon, they'd almost be willing just to replace the item straight up. Unless, of course, there was some kind of express allow the neighbor to pick up this item for me. This next story is, my lawn is too long? It's only because of your camping trailer. One of my neighbors has been parking his foldable camping trailer on the street for years right next to my house. During the nice season, late spring to early fall, I never said anything, not a huge deal. I think live and let people live, etc. However, it very mildly bothered me when I have to mow the lawn and it makes me extra careful around his trailer so I don't scratch it or touch it. This summer, he comes to see me, I never talked to him before that, and not only complains but gives me a full-on attitude about the fact that I'm not taking care of my lawn well enough and that everyone has to do his part so the neighborhood looks good, blah blah blah. I did let it go slightly longer this past month due to personal reasons but nothing crazy. Well, bylaws have it that trailers are not to be parked on the street for extended periods of time. Next thing you know, I send an email to the city public message system informing them of the violation. 72 hours later, an actual ticket shows up on his camping trailer. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. not much, but still. At the end of the week, the camping trailer was gone. I'd like to assume I will never see it again. I'm definitely right alongside OP in the fact that I think just let people live. If it's not hurting anybody, then what's the matter? You don't have to go around being some jerk just reporting things because the bylaws or the regulations say, well, that's not appropriate. But certainly, if somebody is being a jerk and starts causing issues... It becomes a lot easier and a lot more of attractive of an option to report something like that for sure. This next story is, sister had it coming. When I was in high school, my older sister and I lived in the basement of our house. She's a night owl by nature and I'm the opposite. She had tons of friends with cars and would be out late at night, then come home and play music till the early hours. This went on for a while and then she got a car and it continued on. She would wake up late and, being my ride to school, I would try to get her butt going. I was late too many times to this class, and this hag for a teacher started marking down my grade. One day, my sis demanded gas money from me, and I reluctantly forked over $20. Then the next week, she needed another $20. Old car, big engine. I understood and could only hand over $10. 
She was ticked and said I couldn't ride with her anymore. That was it for me, or so I thought. I was a secretive person then. No one knew what I did in my free time. I worked under the table for construction people on the weekend, so money wasn't the issue. Eventually, after a few days, she said I could ride with her again. She asked for money as soon as we got to school. I laughed and asked what happened to the $30 from two weeks ago. Gas was like $1.45. What a world. She said, don't worry about my money. You worry about yours to pay me. I said I was broke. Lie. The end of that day, I saw she had some brand new white Chuck Taylors on, which at the time were about $30. Logic follows. So, short story long, one night while she was asleep, I took her chucks and stuffed open Taco Bell sauce packets in the toe area, as to not have them be seen, knowing she would be late in the morning. As usual, the placement was a non-issue, so I just put them all in there. My vengeance was untethered. She would be hurried and slam her shoes on like everyone does when they're running late. It worked perfect. I mean, perfect. She had a friend that played pranks all the time, so he got the gut punch. She still never knew I did it. 100%. That's the one downside of being the known prankster. If you're too close to somebody and somebody wants to honestly get payback against you, they can do some jerk prank and you're probably going to be blamed and pinned for it. I mean, it just makes too much sense, right? OP never did anything to them. I mean, they didn't pay them for gas money, but that's no big issue. Why would OP go and do this Taco Bell sauce packet nonsense? Our next story is, USPS Carrier has elected the way of pain. Me, American with boring but American sounding first and last name, and my wife, Chinese with anglicized spelling of her name, are having a problem with our USPS Carrier here in SoCal, where they will intentionally ignore the outgoing packages that I place in our mailbox, but only if they have her name on them. Just to clarify, I always ensure that there's nothing else in the mailbox and that pickup has been scheduled via the USPS website with the instructions clearly noting that the package would be left in or at the mailbox. I even added an additional comment stating that the package was the only object in mailbox number 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 and yes, the weight of these packages is minuscule, always less than a pound and marked as such on the pickup form. I feel that this problem has advanced to the state of becoming a microaggression and it's costing my family a lot of wasted time, gas, and energy to keep running these tiny butt packages all the way across town just to ship them out. I've never had this problem with USPS elsewhere, and I have no faith that complaining will resolve the issue. So I've decided to take things into my own hands and retaliate. I was always trying to make their job more streamlined in the past, simply placing the packages in the mailbox for them to collect and be on their merry way. However, the fine days are over. All of my pickup requests moving forward will now require them to ascend three flights of stairs to my door in the burning summer heat. There is no elevator. Also, the mailboxes are in the adjacent building on the ground level, so this will add at least a five-minute detour if they jog the whole way. Additionally, I hope they like big dogs, because mine will be there to alert me of their presence 100% of the time. They will not be in any danger, of course but it will be fun to see their face on my ring camera each time. This could have been easy for you, carrier person, but you asked for a harder life when you falsified your reports that her packages had been picked up. To add insult to injury, you also placed all of the day's mail on top of the properly scheduled outgoing package multiple times. In a way, I don't envy people who do mail delivery jobs like this. 
because there's no real glory. If you're late, people are livid. If you mess up the order or put it in a wrong place or in any way delay it, people are going to be upset. You collect your paycheck, you're probably upset. But if there's a mail carrier who is repeatedly screwing up, probably should not be in that line of work. Our next story is, does this count? Ruining my professor's 15 year run of being a lazy, grumpy jerk. I took civil engineering about 12 years ago to a college in Ontario, Canada. I graduated, only about 15 graduated, and got the heck out and never looked back due to their arrogance and jerk teacher. I had an issue with one professor who just hated me from day one, year one. I don't know what I did, and my two friends at college in the same course also didn't know. The professor would talk to both of my friends and say hi in the hallway, and literally ignore me at the same time. After the first year, we found it funny because it was so obvious. The best theory we have is that I was drawing a picture and he said it looked like X, and I said, no, it definitely doesn't. Seriously, that's all we can come up with, and we tried for years to work it out. So anyways, in year two, the professor started grading me harder than others. My friends and I would do a project, and they'd get a passing mark, and I'd get a fail. It was almost comical, except it was sort of my future life he's messing with. So I took it seriously. Well, after almost two years of it, I requested a meeting with the new dean. The new dean was his friend, and the professor took the dean's old job. The dean told me straight up that they wouldn't do anything because they were friends. But I showed them. He failed me by 2% in one vital course, which was needed for future courses in year 3. Because of this, he put me a year back, hoping they'd get me to quit. So I stayed and did the course again and also took some courses again I wanted more info in. I realized the professor was just reading his daily lessons from one big binder. It had the day and what to teach and even jokes and stories to tell. Well, I also happened to take excellent notes in a laptop since day one year one of the course. They weren't as popular back then. We had like two in the class including mine. It had everything. I even mentioned the stories the professor was saying in case they were on an exam. Also, his annoying jokes. So at the end of the year, I gave out all my notes to the years below me. Every test, every exam, every project, every single thing. To every single student who wanted it. From then on, everyone in each year had everything the professor was about to say and teach. And just stopped taking notes, which ticked off the professor to no end. His daily plan for the last 15 years was to just write notes on a board as fast as he could, and then erase them, forcing students to miss info or just write by hand as fast as possible, and he'd waste his hour or two in class doing that. Now, since everyone had notes of what he was going to write, everyone just watched him, forcing him to actually work. And I was in the classes watching sometimes, It was awesome and I would sit and smile and he couldn't do anything. I passed each course with such a high percentage he couldn't fail me. On our graduation day, I mentioned to another professor I was going to mention it to the jerk professor of what I'd done with my notes and how mean he was all the years. Well, guess who couldn't make it to graduation? It was a fun day. I got to tell all the other professors anyways at an after party and they admitted they knew he didn't like me. That's it. Have a great day. Choose your college and uni carefully. Good luck. Is anybody else actually surprised that when OP went around on their parade of saying, yeah, I got all the notes, they didn't actually like have a flare up and try to do something? I mean, I don't know. I guess what can they do? Oh, you have notes? Oh, you shared your notes with other students? 
what are they gonna do, say that you didn't work for any of that? Our next story is, scammer got scammed? So, my friend has been trying to get a loan, was looking at all kinds of sites online. He got a random text of a business card type picture from Advanced America. It said he qualified for 5 to 15,000 personal loan. I was listening to the conversation and the guy's name was Michael Rich, with an obvious accent from the Middle East. My friend went through with the process with Mr. Rich, gave him his social. Mr. Rich did have some of his bank account info, which I found odd. He stated he was going to help my friend's credit score. Mr. Rich would give him seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars whatever the loan was approved, as extra to boost his credit. Catch is that seven, eight hundred, or nine hundred extra would need to be cash-apped to Mr. Rich immediately when the loan money was ready. This is when the scam finally came to our head. Anyways, Mr. Rich gets my friend's bank to somehow text him the four-digit code only the bank will give you. So, Mr. Rich did get in touch with the bank, and my friend got a text code, and gave it to Mr. Rich. They left it at 9am this morning. The 5000 he would be approved for would be ready. My friend just had to give him the extra $827 that was to boost his credit. After he hung up and called his bank, told them, reported the number to the fraud department, and changed all his passwords. He checked his bank last night and a check for $827 was deposited. $227 was immediately ready. His friend had blocked all of Mr. Rich's numbers. He actually received a threatening text from Mr. Rich, stating if he took his money, he would be punished. So now my friend has an extra $827 sitting in his account. Can you imagine the people that fall for this? I can't wait to see how this plays out. Hopefully Mr. Rich learned his lesson. I mean, it's such an empty threat, clearly, from Mr. Rich here. There's no way that he's going to do any kind of legal action when the rest of the evidence there is going to clearly show he was running scams. The only problem is, if I was in that guy's position, I would be feeling a little conflicted because that $827 almost certainly isn't Mr. Rich's money. It's probably collected money from some other people who did fall for the scam. Our next story is, can't ride a bike? Don't sign up for a bike tour. I used to be a bicycle tour guide in Amsterdam, and the amount of people who don't know how to ride, yet still come, is astonishing. Plus or minus 10%. It was so bad that I would personally ask every single person if they knew how to ride before the tour, but they would all lie. If you haven't been to Amsterdam, the bicycle is the predominant vehicle used by residents to get anywhere in the city. And because of this, There is incredibly well thought out infrastructure set up for this. Separate bike lanes, dedicated lights for bikes, good parking availability, etc. And this also means that all the locals are very good cyclists and generally not too forgiving of tourists clogging up the roads and getting in their way. One day I had a couple show up wearing full touring outfits, lycra, helmets with mirrors, etc. I was chatting with them before the tour and was told that the guy owns a bicycle shop back in his home country and wanted to get some pictures for his shop. I double checked that they could ride and was assured that it wasn't an issue. So I begin my safety briefing, get everyone set up with their bikes, and we begin. As we get to the first corner, I look back and see that the guy's wife is having serious trouble with her bike. I instruct the group to wait for me at the corner, go back to see what the problem is, and she just cannot ride. I asked her when the last time she rode was, and was informed that it was 30 plus years ago. I politely ask her if she really wants to do the tour, and she's really not interested. She's just doing it for her husband. 
I tell her that her ride is over. There's no way it's safe for her to come along. We'll refund her the ticket cost and we'll be back in about three and a half hours. She asks what is in the area for her to do while we're gone, and this is where I get a little idea. I ask her if she has her credit cards with her and direct her to PC Hoofstrat, which is just a few blocks away. This is basically the Rodeo Drive of Amsterdam, Gucci, Fendi, etc., all the serious designer stores. So we continue our ride without her, get back to the shop, and this lady is sitting outside on a bench surrounded by a small mountain of shopping bags. Had to be many, many thousands of euros worth of stuff. I look back at her husband whose eyes are bulging as he reads the names on the bags and is calculating how much money was just spent. Moral of the story, don't bring people who cannot ride on my bike tour. Not only did OP not do anything wrong, I think OP actually made that lady's day because I bet she had a lot of fun shopping around and getting whatever she wanted there. Sucks for the husband, but hey, I think they honestly made that woman's day. I think what's most funny about this story to me is that OP doing that and asking if they had their credit card was almost like OP giving her the authorization to just go crazy and spend as much as she wants at these stores. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.